Welcome to the Chinese Lore Podcast, where I retell classic Chinese stories in English. This is episode 29 of Investiture of the Gods. Last time, King Zhou drove one of his most loyal officials, Flying Tiger, into rebellion by harassing his wife, forcing her to leap to her death, and then killing his sister when she showed up demanding justice. We left off with Flying Tiger and his entourage going west to join the Kingdom of Zhou and their new lord Jifa, while Grand Tutor Wen Zhong was mobilizing forces to chase them down. We pick up the story on the road heading west. Flying Tiger and his family and generals had crossed over the Yellow River and were now heading toward Lintong Pass along the main thoroughfare. Suddenly, they heard loud cries coming from behind. Flying Tiger turned and saw a cloud of dust in the distance, along with the banners of Grand Tutor Wen Zhong. Grand Tutor Wen is coming after us, Flying Tiger lamented from his saddle. How can we hope to resist? We are done for. Then, he looked at his youngest son, who was just seven, and thought to himself, Oh child, you are so young and innocent, and yet, even though you didn't do anything wrong, you will also suffer this calamity. Just then, his men reported that three more armies were converging on their location. From the left came troops from Green Dragon Pass, from the right came an army from Sweet Dreams Pass, and from straight ahead came the soldiers of Lintong Pass. Flying Tiger was surrounded, and all he could do was sigh and brood. Just then, winds and clouds swept in and enveloped Flying Tiger and his party. In mere moments, the clouds dissipated. Flying Tiger and company felt as though they were waking from a dream. They rubbed their eyes while still seated on their horses. When they looked around, they were no longer on the main road and were instead deep in the hills somewhere. And more importantly, all the enemy troops that were converging on them a moment ago were nowhere to be found. Meanwhile, on the main road, Grand Tudor Wen was giving hot pursuit when his scouts reported that the commander of Green Dragon Pass, Zhang Guifang, was up ahead awaiting orders. Wen Zhong summoned him and Zhang Guifang rode onto the scene and paid his respects. Grand Tutor Wen told him, Flying Tiger has rebelled and fled the capital. He must have come through here. Have you seen him? When Zhang Guifang said no, Wen Zhong told him to rush back to Green Dragon Pass and to keep up a tight defense. So Zhang Guifang promptly turned his army around and went home. Next, scouts reported that the Moore brothers, four generals who were leading the army from Sweet Dreams Pass, were also awaiting his command. Wen Zhong summoned them, and they repeated the same conversation, and so Wen Zhong told them to go back and defend their pass as well. Finally, from straight ahead, Zhang Feng, the commander of Lintong Pass, was waiting for a word as well, and when he too said that he had not seen Flying Tiger, Wen Zhong was feeling mighty befuddled. He sent Zhang Feng back to Lintong Pass, and then decided to have his army pitch camp on the spot, and wait to see if Flying Tiger showed up. So, what the heck happened to Flying Tiger and his party? Well, it was literally an act of God, or at least, an act of a Taoist immortal. This was another member of the Chan sect, named Virtue of the Pure Void, who resided in Purple Sun Cave on Green Peak Mountain. He was the guy who, back in episode 18, saved the Shang minister Yang Ren and gave him new eyes after his old ones were gouged out by King Zhou, but with the catch that those new eyes came with little hands that sprouted out of Yang Ren's eye sockets. Well, 
Virtue of the Pure Void was just out traveling for fun that day when he was flying over Lintong Pass. He noticed the strong emanation of anger coming from below. He peeked down from the clouds and saw that it was coming from Flying Tiger and that he was in trouble. If I don't save Lord Flying Tiger, who will? Virtue of the Pure Void thought to himself. So he summoned a divine bodyguard and told him, Wrap them up in my universe muddling pennant and hide them in the mountains. I will turn the troops from the capital back before I send Flying Tiger through Lintong Pass. His bodyguard did as he commanded, and so Flying Tiger and his entourage dodged the bullet. After collecting themselves, they decided to hurry up and get through Lintong Pass, so they marched forward and soon arrived outside the pass. There, they saw an army encamped nearby, blocking their path. Flying Tiger ordered his entourage to hold up and was just about to scout ahead when an explosive sounded, followed by battle cries and waving banners. From ahead, he saw Zhang Feng, the commander of Lintong Pass, approaching on horseback and in full armor. As he came near, Zhang Feng called out and asked to speak with Flying Tiger. Flying Tiger rode out on his magic cow, bowed from the saddle, and said, Uncle, I am fleeing calamity, so please pardon me for not bowing fully. Zhang Feng replied, Your father and I are sworn brothers, and you are an important relative of the king. So why have you rebelled and brought shame upon your ancestors? Right now, your father holds important military power, and you are a noble. How can you betray your lord's kindness for the sake of a woman? Your rebellion is like a rat throwing itself into a trap. Even I felt ashamed for you when I heard the news. Take my advice. Dismount and surrender now. I will take you back to the capital, where we will sort it out in the royal court and determine your punishment fairly. Perhaps King Zhou will spare your family on account of your relation to him and your past service. But if you persist along this misguided path, it will be too late for regrets. Flying Tiger said, Uncle, you know full well my character. King Zhou is drowning himself in women and wine. He listens to the wicked and ignores the talented. The court is in chaos, and the civilians have long been contemplating rebellion. On top of that, he humiliated my wife, violated rules of propriety, and caused her death. I fought 200 some battles to pacify the eastern sea district for the state, and I have put my life on the line to bring peace to the land. I have labored hard to govern the nobles and train the soldiers, without care for my own health. And yet, he thought nothing of my service, and instead acted improperly. How can you expect me to remain loyal to him? I hope you will exercise great mercy and compassion, and allow me to pass, so that I may serve another lord. I will repay your kindness, no matter what. But Zhang Feng became furious. Rebel scum, he fumed. How dare you speak such filthy lies? Do you think I have gone senile? As he spoke, Zhang Feng raised his saber and took a swing. Flying Tiger raised his spear and blocked the blow, saying, Uncle, please calm down. We're both officials. If you had suffered the indignities that I did, you would be leaving too. As the old saying goes, when the lord is unjust, the vassal leaves for another state. This is the way of things. Why must you be so inflexible? Zhang Feng got even angrier and took another swing. But now, Flying Tiger also got mad, so the two of them started going at each other. After 30 exchanges, Zhang Feng started to falter, so he turned around and rode away. Flying Tiger galloped after him, 
but when Zhang Feng heard him drawing closer, he latched his saber and pulled out a throwing mallet that was tied to a rope, and then he turned and hurled it right at Flying Tiger. But Flying Tiger was quick to react. He pulled out his sword and cut the rope in two and seized the mallet. Thus foiled, Zhang Feng hurriedly retreated back inside the pass. Flying Tiger did not give chase. Instead, he returned to his camp and sat down with his brothers and generals to discuss how to get through Lin Tong Pass. Meanwhile, inside the pass, Zhang Feng was thinking to himself, Flying Tiger is too valiant a warrior for me, and yet, if I let him get away, I would offend the king. Then he thought of an idea. He summoned a general named Xiao Yin and told him, Flying Tiger has the valor of 10,000 men, and he took my throwing mallet. We must not face him head on. At dusk, go mobilize 3,000 archers. Around 9 p.m., go to his camp. When you hear the signal, shower the camp with arrows and kill the rebels. Then we'll send their heads to the court for a reward. This would be a surefire plan. Xiao Yin accepted the order and left Zhang Feng's office. But he started thinking to himself, I used to be Commander Flying Tiger's subordinate, and he gave me many opportunities. Without him, I would not be where I am now. How can I forget his kindness and allow my benefactor's whole family to perish? And so, Xiao Yin sneaked out of the city in disguise and made his way to Flying Tiger's camp under the cover of darkness. He told the sentries his name and that he was a former retainer of Flying Tiger's and that he had important intel. When Flying Tiger called him into the tent, Xiao Yin kneeled and said, I am your former retainer Xiao Yin. Thanks to your lordship's kindness, I have been assigned to Lin Tong Pass. Today, Zhang Feng ordered me to lead archers on a sneak attack at 9 p.m., kill you all, and send your heads to the capital. But how would I dare to forget your kindness and break the laws of heaven? That is why I have come in disguise to let you know. Flying Tiger was shocked and grateful. General, thank you for your immense virtue, he said. Otherwise, my whole family would be dead. You have truly given us a new lease on life. How can I ever repay you? Right now, with things as urgent as they are, do you have any way to save me? My lord, hurry up and attack Lin Tong Pass right now, Xiao Yin said. I will open the gates. We must not delay, or you will miss your opportunity. So Flying Tiger and his men all quickly set out. Wielding weapons and shouting battle cries, they charged the foot of the pass around 7 p.m., catching the soldiers on the pass off guard. Xiao Yin opened the gates, and Flying Tiger's entire party stormed through the checkpoint. Inside the pass, Zhang Feng was sitting in his parlor when he suddenly got word that Flying Tiger and company had stormed through the pass, and he immediately facepalmed. I used the wrong man, he lamented. Xiao Yin used to serve under Flying Tiger. He must have helped Flying Tiger storm through the pass and gone with him. How despicable! So Zhang Feng now quickly got on his horse and gave chase. But unbeknownst to him, Xiao Yin was still hiding right by the gates of the pass. When Xiao Yin heard a horse approaching, he figured it was Zhang Feng. When the latter approached the gate, Xiao Yin suddenly sprang out and stabbed Zhang Feng off his horse, killing him instantly. The deed done, Xiao Yin now caught up to Flying Tiger and shouted, My lord, wait up! I have killed Zhang Feng! Please take care on your journey. I am going to have the soldiers block up Lin Tong Pass and make it harder for any pursuers to get through. By the time they get around, you will be long gone. 
I don't know when we will meet again after we part today. Flying Tiger thanked him and said, I don't know when I will have the chance to repay your kindness. And then they went their separate ways. So Lin Tong Pass was about 30 miles away from Tong Pass, the next checkpoint on Flying Tiger's flight. In fact, Lin Tong Pass meant the pass approaching Tong Pass. And as Flying Tiger's party approached Tong Pass, scouts had already reported the situation to the pass commander, Chen Tong. Flying Tiger, you fancy that you could hold on to your title forever, but now look at you, Chen Tong chuckled when he heard the news. He then ordered his men to line up outside the pass and barricade the key passages, while he donned his armor and rode out, ready to capture Flying Tiger. Meanwhile, Flying Tiger had ordered his party to pitch camp as he asked who was commanding Tong Pass. His general and sworn brother Zhou Ji told him that it was Chen Tong, and Flying Tiger immediately fell into silence before letting out a long sigh. That Chen Tong used to be under my command, he lamented. He violated military rules and was supposed to be executed. But on account of pleas from other officers, I spared his life and allowed him to render service to atone for his transgression. Now he is in command here, and he has an old score to settle with me. What should we do? While he was thinking, he heard shouts outside, so he rode out and saw Chen Tong prancing around and pointing at him with a halberd, saying, Well, hello, General Huang. You have long enjoyed the king's largesse, so why are you sneaking away today? I have long been waiting for you on the Grand Tutor's command. Surrender now, and perhaps you might be spared when you are taken back to the capital. General Chen, you are mistaken, Flying Tiger said. Ups and downs are common occurrences. Back when you were my subordinate, I treated you sincerely, as though you were a brother. And then, even when you brought punishment upon yourself by breaking military rules, I spare you on the advice of others to allow you to render service to atone for your transgression. I didn't do it in hopes that you would repay me. Yet, you are insulting me to my face. Are you looking to settle an old score? If so, come on over. If you can best me for three exchanges, then I will surrender. And so the two of them rode toward each other with weapons raised and started to trade blows. After 20 bouts, Chen Tong figured that he was no match for Flying Tiger, so he turned and rode away. Flying Tiger was in a foul mood, so he shouted, I'm going to catch that scoundrel to appease my anger! And he galloped after Chen Tong. But of course, everybody in this novel has some trick up their sleeves, sometimes literally. For Chen Tong, it was something called the Fire Dragon Javelin. This was a magical item that he got from an immortal, and it never missed its mark. When he heard Flying Tiger getting close, Chen Tong turned and flung this javelin at his pursuer. The javelin flew at Flying Tiger with a trail of smoke. Flying Tiger saw it coming and shouted, Oh crap! But it was too late. The javelin struck him beneath the armpit and knocked him off his cow. Seeing Flying Tiger hit the ground, two of his generals and sworn brothers, Huang Ming and Zhou Ji, darted out, shouting, Don't you dare harm our lord! The two of them made straight for Chen Tong, each wielding a battle axe. While Chen Tong raised his halberd to take them both on, one of Flying Tiger's younger brothers retrieved his body, but it was too late. Flying Tiger was already dead. Meanwhile, on the battlefield, Huang Ming and Zhou Ji fought with a ferocity fueled by hatred. 
Chen Tong soon turned and rode away, and the two generals gave chase, intent on avenging Flying Tiger. But I guess they didn't learn anything from what just happened, because Chen Tong unleashed his fire dragon javelin again, and it struck Zhou Ji right on the neck, sending him off his horse as well. Chen Tong was just about to go cut off his head, but Huang Ming got there first and fought him off. Content with having killed Flying Tiger and one of his generals, Chen Tong led his army back into the pass in victory. Outside the pass, one of Flying Tiger's younger brothers brought his corpse back to camp, whereupon his three sons started wailing. Huang Ming also brought back Zhou Ji's corpse, and they lay both bodies on the grass. Everyone was depressed and lost now that their leader was dead, and they were stuck with no way forward or back. Around 5 a.m. that night, while the whole party was still weeping, they suddenly heard footsteps. From the shadows, a figure emerged. As this person stepped into the light of the lanterns in camp, they saw that it was a young Taoist of about 16, carrying a flower basket and a sword. Who are you? Are you a spy? Someone asked. I am a Taoist from Purple Sun Cave on Green Peak Mountain, the young man replied. I heard that your lord was in trouble, so I have come to help. Go tell him at once. The guards immediately reported to Flying Tiger's oldest younger brother, Huang Feibiao, who was now their de facto leader. Huang Feibiao invited the Taoists into his tent and told him, If you can save my brother, you would be like our parents reborn. Where is Lord Flying Tiger? the Taoist asked. Huang Feibiao led him to the back of the camp, and there lay Flying Tiger's body, facing up, his face as pale as paper, and his eyes shut tight. Next to him lay the body of Zhou Ji. After examining the corpses, the Taoist said, Go fetch some water from the stream. When the water arrived, he reached in his basket and took out a couple pills. He dissolved them in the water, and then he used his sword to pry open the mouths of the two dead men and pour the solution down their throats. Then he rubbed some of the medicine on their wounds. Two hours later, Flying Tiger suddenly startled awake and yelled, Ouch! as he opened his eyes. The first thing he saw was this young Taoist sitting next to him. Is this the afterlife? Where did this immortal acolyte come from? Flying Tiger asked, still a bit disoriented from having been dead for half a day. His brother said, if not for this Taoist, you would still be dead. When he heard that, Flying Tiger got up and bowed to the young man, saying, What great fortune for me that you took pity and brought me back from the dead. The young Taoist suddenly fell to his knees with tears flowing down his cheek and said, Father, I am the son you lost in the garden. Uh, say what now? So let's back up a bit and talk about where this young Taoist came from. Earlier that day, the Taoist master, Virtue of the Pure Void, was chilling in his Purple Sun Cave, feeling good about having saved Flying Tiger from all the enemy forces that were converging on his position. And then suddenly, he felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices, or two voices, suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. He feared something terrible had happened, so he did a little divining with his fingers and confirmed his fears. Sigh, can't leave these mortals alone for a minute. So, he told his attendant, the White Cloud Acolyte, Go fetch your fellow disciple Huang Tianhua. The White Cloud Acolyte went off and soon returned with another Acolyte. 
He was a tall young man with smooth creamy skin, a pair of bright eyes, and a powerful build. His hair was tied up in a bun, and he wore a robe tied with a hemp belt and a pair of straw sandals. Master, what do you need? the young man asked. Your father is in trouble. You should make a trip to go help him. Master, who is my father? Huang Tianhua asked. Your father is Flying Tiger, a lord in the Shang court. He has been killed by the fire dragon javelin outside Tong Pass. You should leave here to go save your father and reunite with him. Together, you will help the kingdom of Zhou build its enterprise. Huang Tianhua now asked, Um, son of a lord, huh? So, how exactly did I get here? And Virtue of the Pure Void was like, Oh yeah, um, about that. One year, I was coming back from Quinlan Mountain, he said. I was riding the clouds when suddenly, your aura shot up through the clouds and blocked my path. You were just three at the time. When I peeked down into your garden, I saw that you had an uncommon appearance, so I knew that you were destined for great things. So I brought you here. It has been 13 years. But never mind the kidnapping for now. Your father's in trouble and I'm sending you to help him. You should go. Now. As he spoke, the master shoved a flower basket and a sword into Huang Tianhua's hands, and before Huang Tianhua could ask any inconvenient questions, his master added, And if you run into the enemy commander Chen Tong, do this and this, and you'll be able to help your father get through Tong Pass. But you must not accompany him to the west. Return immediately. There will come another day when the two of you will reunite. Okay, bye now. So Huang Tianhua left Green Peak Mountain, grabbed a handful of soil, tossed it into the air, and fast-traveled via the earth element to Flying Tiger's camp outside Tong Pass. Fast forward back to the present, and Flying Tiger was astonished at the story that his long-lost son had just recounted. But just as they were catching up, Huang Tianhua looked around, and he saw his younger brothers, his uncles, everyone except his mother. Huang Tianhua suddenly became flushed and said to Flying Tiger, Father, how could you? Uh, how could I what? Flying Tiger asked. When you rebelled against the Shang, you brought everyone with you except my mother. Why? She is a woman. If the court catches her, she will be publicly humiliated. How could you? Flying Tiger stamped his foot and wept, and then told his son what happened to his mother. When Huang Tianhua learned her fate, he allowed a loud cry and collapsed to the ground. The others hurriedly brought him back around, and Huang Tianhua now wept uncontrollably and shouted, Father, I am not going back to Green Peak Mountain. Let's charge into the capital and avenge my mother. Just as he was crying and seething with anger, word came that the commander of Tong Pass, Chen Tong, was outside the camp challenging for battle. Flying Tiger turned pale when he heard the news. He just got a second life, and would very much like to hang on to it for longer than five minutes. Seeing this, Huang Tianhua wiped away his tears and said, Father, go meet him. I'm here. There's nothing to fear. Okay, if you say so. Flying Tiger mounted his magic cow and rode out of the camp to meet Chen Tong. The sight of Flying Tiger had Chen Tong greatly puzzled. I mean, I killed you. You can't just respawn. What do you think this is, some fairy tale with beings who can resurrect the dead? But he also didn't dare to ask how Flying Tiger came back to life. Flying Tiger now barked. You scoundrel! You took a cheap shot at me, but heaven decided that it wasn't my time yet. As he spoke, he raised his spear and spurred on his cow as he charged at Chen Tong, who countered with his halberd. They traded blows for 50 bouts, and then Chen Tong was up to his old tricks again, 
as he turned and rode away. But this time, Flying Tiger was not going to give chase. Except, Huang Tianhua now shouted, Father, just chase that scoundrel! I'm here! There's nothing to be afraid of! Having been put on the spot by his son, Flying Tiger had no choice but to give chase. And sure enough, here came Chen Tong's fire dragon javelin again, sailing through the air. But just then, a flower basket came sailing through the air from the other direction, and the javelin was sucked straight into the basket. Chen Tong was fuming when he saw his little toy get confiscated. He now turned around to fight Flying Tiger once more. Just then, he heard someone shouting from behind, Chen Tong, you wretch! Here I come! Chen Tong looked and saw a young Taoist coming toward him. So, it was you who broke my magic, Chen Tong cursed. I'm going to make you pay. As he spoke, he galloped straight at Huang Tianhua. Huang Tianhua quickly pulled out the sword on his back and pointed it toward Chen Tong. A beam of light as wide as a cup suddenly shot out from the tip of the blade. It flew right at Chen Tong's face, and before you could blink, Chen Tong's head had hit the ground. Now that their main enemy was a few inches shorter, Flying Tiger's men roared and charged. They scattered the guards and stormed through Tong Pass. Once they were on the other side, Huang Tianhua told Flying Tiger, Father, safe journey to you and my brothers. My son, why not come with us? Flying Tiger asked. I dare not disobey my master. Flying Tiger sighed and lamented. Such a short reunion and such a hurried parting. When will we meet again? We'll see each other again in the West before long, Huang Tianhua reassured them, and then they bid each other a teary goodbye. Flying Tiger and his entourage traveled on for another 20-some miles before another checkpoint, Cloud Piercing Pass, came into view. And who would be defending this pass but the brother of the guy they just killed? To see how this encounter will go, tune in to the next episode of the Chinese Lore Podcast. Thanks for listening. 